Better listen very carefully. A good martial artist does not become tense, but ready. Essentially, at this point, the fight is over. So you pretty much flow with the goal. Who is worthy to be trusted with the secret to limitless power? I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Bulletproof for BJJ podcast. I am JT and I'm the best. Hey guys, I'm Joey. Thumbs I'm also the best. <laughs> and together we make a very successful functional team. We are doing... Team rest round. <laughs> Get on board, guys. <laughs> team work harder. Um, team tenacity. Guys, questions. Question time. We've had a few good ones come through. We have had some good ones. So we thought we'd dedicate an episode to answering the questions from the community. Yeah, we get questions all the time and we try to weave in those questions into our podcast topics and into our YouTube stuff and even your blog posts and newsletters. Like what we're doing is just trying to respond to you guys. But I thought there's, there's a few really cool ones that came through this week and there's so many that I often forget about. Yeah. Like I always yeah. answer them if they come through on Instagram. I really try and, you know, as you do too. Get on to the them. Face, yeah, yeah Facebook group. Yeah. There's so much good stuff there that's worth sharing. Before we jump in, I want to give a shout out. This is from another Instagram message. Just go check. This, I want to give a shout out to Jay McNeil, who's cool. an old friend from the film industry, actually. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a good man. And his wife, Honey, trains uh, up on the Northern Beaches. Yeah, I think yeah. she might be Purple Belt. Okay. I yeah. think. Uh, I hope I got that right. And Shout out. Shout out. And I've known them for a long time in the game. He's recently gotten back into it. They have a son. Their son is training jiu-jitsu. Like oh, often. amazing. Yeah. But he told me. He punched out all of the Bulletproof podcasts in 11 days. It's Whoa. been great to binge on. Thank you. Wow. Yeah, what a fucking legend. Wow. Yeah. Smashing it. So I wanted Amazing. to give him a shout. He's going to come down here and have a coffee sometime soon. We're going to catch up. So Sounds nice. That's really nice. Um, but yeah, questions. So Please make it clear for us. And if you have questions, guys, you shouldn't feel like you can't hit us up. We are as famous as we seem and as professional as this podcast yeah, is. Yeah, you know, you cannot touch us. <laughs> But we are, we are accessible. We'll answer all your questions. Please send questions. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's not a thing I get. I get them individually. But it is better if you send them through to the Instagram, the Bulletproof for BJJ Instagram. Yep. At, or post it as a voicemail on our webpage. That's always nice. Which is the dopest because then we get to play it on the show. Yeah. We'll take it how you, however you're going to give it to us. But yeah. if you leave the voicemail, it's sick. It's like calling in radio and shit. It's dope. Yeah. But it's a cool radio station. Get amongst Run them. by me. And then and there's then another also, guy here. Also me. Um, all right. So here we go. First one. Eww, how's it going, brothers? Quick question. I'm new to the BJJ game and have been attending the local gym for five weeks or so now. And I'm still getting to grips with the do's and don't do's. So is it normal for the coach to not speak to me as a white belt? Mm. I haven't had any communication with the coach other than the first night, which he told me, try and keep up and copy what we do. I don't know if this is something like earning the respect of the coach before he gets involved with my progression. I mean, the first time I rolled, I had no idea what I was meant to do. And the purple belt that I was training with was like, is this your first time? I felt <laughs> oh, no. like a high school virgin. Oh. Anyways, keep up the good work with the podcast. I fucking love it. Also, don't tell my coach. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, we don't know who your coach well, is. Christopher James. No, there's no, <laughs> there's no name. There's no name. Um, it's look. That's tough. So, Not like no fucking love from like no communication. No from love the coach. from the coach. That's also, your first class you're rolling with a purple belt. 
that's also a bit bit tough. I mean, Bill Bill could be cool though. Like, hey, come here, new guy. Maybe, maybe. Uh, but also the fact that Purple Belt didn't know it was his first class. Yeah, that's, that's a bit a of an flag. issue. Whenever I get a new person in, you know, we have relatively small classes here, but I always go up to the higher belt because usually there is a higher belt. And I usually trust the newer person with the higher belt because I say to them, hey, it's their first class. Can you just not roll them but just go through some stuff with them? I- elaborate, you know, drop some knowledge on these people and don't, you know, I trust them to not do anything wrong or injure that person. Let's keep this person, you know. I think the hardest thing, and this is what I've realized, as much as some gyms are like, this is jujitsu, deal with this, that is actually the worst client retention strategy of all time because it's so confusing and so crazy. The best gyms I've seen always make you feel welcome and they make sure that you – at least have a good first experience. You know, you're like, you're like, yeah, they're cool there. I could spend time with them. Yeah. And the gyms that don't do it well throw you to the sharks. And I'm not saying our friend here got thrown to the sharks, but it seems like there's a lack of communication there. I think that's just rude, the yeah. lack of communication. And it's not, as a coach, there's nothing wrong with giving the instruction to a student at a point to be like, hey, you know, like say say someone comes in, they're like, hey, uh, they've turned up to an advanced class, you're coaching something. That's a, It's okay to, to say, it's a, hey, what we're doing tonight is probably a little bit beyond you, but I want you just to, like you're here, just try and absorb what you can. Don't be too stressed if you can't grasp the technique because, you know, you should really become a fundamental. There's nothing wrong with that. Like yeah. that's a piece of advice. That's a piece of coaching you've given them. But to kind of just say like, hey, welcome to the gym, sign up. And then not speak to them for five weeks. Keep up, yeah, like keep up. Like that, that coach sounds like a dick. And, <laughs> True, and that and that was my advice. Is like, man, it it sounds like Poor the coach is a dick. Yeah, and it sounds like you should be just giving your time and money and respect to somebody else. Yeah, that's a red flag. I always try to make sure that I have a personal conversation with a new student, even if I don't see them. Maybe they're coming to classes I'm not teaching. You know, I mainly teach mornings, but I always check in with them and go, hey, where are you coming from? What have you done in the past? Like, where's your expectation at? What are you interested in? Just get a feel for who they are. Like, for example, (laughs) Ricky came in, his first class, he tried to do a calf slice on Beck. Uh, And I was like, what are you doing, man? And he's like, oh, I just, I don't know. I'm like, dude, that's a calf slicer. He's like, oh, yeah, I just saw it like on UFC or whatever. And I'm like, bro, you can't do that. (laughs) <laughs> and he was like, oh, okay, okay, cool. And then afterwards I was talking to him. He's a very athletic guy. You know you know Ricky. Yeah. Shout out Ricky. He's a, he's a good guy. He's not a bad guy. But straight away I got an understanding of him very quickly. He's like, yeah, uh, I was interested in this, this jiu-jitsu thing. First DVD I ever got, illegal submissions. Oh. I'm like, that's the first instructional you buy? All right, I see you, man. But wait, had he trained prior or he started? No. So, he just I like, mean, the fact that he bought an instructional DVD he, before engaging in the sport. Yeah, but but the fact the instructional was illegal techniques in jiu-jitsu <laughs> yeah. and he's trying to pull them out first yeah. lesson on a blue belt. I'm like, whoa. Dude. I mean, that's the thing. As the coach, you have responsibility, one, to make sure people have good experience, but also to make sure that they – they fit into the yeah. culture and gotta, it's a safe gotta, transition and you're not putting existing students in harm's way. But it's just like, all right, I see Shit. you. I see you, man. Like he's a charger. Yeah. He, he'll be a great competitor. Yeah. But he's also could be an injury machine. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, oh my God. So every time I get a new person, I try to at least qualify where they're at in this journey. It's a responsibility, but it's also like 
it's an essential act of business. Business practice. Right? To fucking yeah. get to know your customer. Yeah. And then someone that's showing up to train at your gym, they're a customer. Yeah. You know, I think this is where a lot of people lose sight. What I said to this fellow was like, man, you've got to understand white belts are the people that become the blue belts and the purple belts and will become yeah. – some of those white belts will become the model students of the gym. Mm. Like – you have to look after them. Yeah. And they also represent the bulk of the income for that business. That like is. they need to be cherished. Like, yeah. like ever. So for no him gym. to, be, I'm like, for you to be in the gym for five weeks and be having this experience, it's like, fucking go somewhere else. Yep. And the difficulty is some people don't have alternatives. There might only be one jujitsu gym in their whole area. So they're like, man, if I want to train jiu-jitsu, I got to go there. Yeah. And look, you know, I feel, feel bad for those people. And I just tell them, move out of the burbs, move to a main city. Just saying. Next question was, and this is from a fella who uh, who we've spoken with a lot in jit in uh, in through bulletproof does a program had amazing success with it. Pretty new to the game, loves the show. Recently copped an injury. Oh, was training with someone. He said they were going super hard. He wasn't going that hard, and then he's like, I got my my knee busted or whatever. But he said, Dang. How do I not be down in the dumps when I'm injured? Man, this is tough. I feel like we we had talked a little bit about this before, but. You need to have something that makes you happy, which isn't jujitsu. Like you literally need something which isn't physical, which can occupy your mind. And generally, most of us, jujitsu is our hobby. We get a happiness from jujitsu, it's our happy place. I actually see this with people who don't do jujitsu. They just focus on their work, they focus on their family, they do whatever, they don't have a hobby. So then if work is causing them sadness or if if their family is like a lot of hard work, they get really down, they don't understand why. It's because they don't actually have an outlet, a creative outlet, or they don't have something which they just do simply to make them happy, Yeah, whatever that is. So some people, they play guitar or they learn guitar or something. Some people, they learn a language or online gaming or something which isn't physical. It's not necessarily competitive. It's just pure fun. I believe that is one of the key ways because every time you step, you're going to feel your knee. Every time you get out of bed, you're going to feel your knee. You are going to need a little ray of sunshine in there which is which is just just pure enjoyment for the sake of it that's what i would say because i had a lot of injuries in my time and the only way i was able to kind of stop taking the painkillers and and stop taking the the meds was trying to not distract myself but just give me something that'll make me happy which is usually what i would get from jujitsu yeah and how about yourself joe yeah and really great point my advice was kind of a little bit on a different line from that but it equally, you know, like no, um, no less valuable. It was to understand that like injuries are a part of the game. Mm. And I did an Instagram post about this a few days you, ago, you did, yeah. which was like, well, by the time you're hearing this is maybe a month or so back. But talking about when you're new to jujitsu, you will be really deeply affected by your first couple of injuries because you're like, <gasps> Such a I love jujitsu and now I can't do jujitsu. Yeah, for the first time, you're not able to do it. Mm. When you've been in the game for a longer time, you're like, no, this kind of happens semi-regularly. Cycles. Yeah, this is what happens. I cop a little injury. I got to go and see a physio. I got to do a bit of rehab work. I got to re-engage with my strength and my mobility work. And then I get back on the mats and, you know, yeah, it was a shit kind of whatever, three weeks, six weeks, whatever it is. But it just kind of ebbs and flows, you know, peaks and troughs. And I think that if you can understand from an early stage, like, hey, this is part of the game and it's going to happen. Yeah. And you've got to do everything you can to mitigate the chances of it happening yep. and lessen the impact of it when it does. Mm. Um, 
But from a mental perspective, don't be so naive to think that it's just going to be – This doesn't happen. Yeah, it's not just upward trajectory forever. No. So I think like – and it kind of speaks to a bit of a stoic approach to it. Acceptance. It's going to happen, man. So when it does happen, you'd be like, okay, I was expecting that this would happen. Okay, yeah, it sucks, but cool. How do we move forward? And the other thing I said to the fellow was every injury carries an opportunity with it. Correct. It's like, okay, you got an injury. What's the opportunity? Maybe it's to engage with a different side of your jiu-jitsu. Maybe it's time to become more analytical, be at the gym, assess your game a little bit, talk to your coach about your weaknesses, start to take some notes. Maybe it's a chance. Maybe you can work on some stuff. Maybe you've hurt your shoulder, but it's like, you know what? I can just play with some guard stuff that I'm really shit at. Mm. You know, Or maybe it's like I'm a fucking – I don't go to the gym. I don't do that yeah, stuff. It's a time to go. Chance to like build that habit so that when you go back to jits, you're like, oh, I'm now in the habit of strength training. There's a lot of good stuff that can come from it. Some of my greatest gains in training generally have come through times of injury. Yep. So yeah, that, that was my advice. Huge learnings. I, I've learned the most from injury. I've learned the most about my own body. And then I've learned the most about jiu-jitsu culture. <laughs> you know, like I've pretty much had, other than I haven't broken my neck, thank goodness, I've pretty much done every other injury through jiu-jitsu as well as taekwondo. And what that's done is it's just made me more helpful as a coach. So when someone's like, oh, what do you do when you, you, dis- you, know, you pop your rib at the back? Ah, popping your rib at the back is different to popping your rib at the front. This is what you've got to do. This is what happens. Like we're talking about, you know, cauliflower ears, going to a doctor. A doctor's like, I don't know. That's terrible. How helpful is that? Mm. So I think, yeah, to speak to your point, Joe, acceptance that this is part of the game is huge. Not being so shocked and just being like, okay, this is the first step in a, in a long process. But having systems to deal with it is key, like having the physio, knowing that you'll have to do your rehab. But then having something you can turn to, which brings you happiness that you would other rely on jiu-jitsu for. I think that's helpful. All right, question three. Last question that came through uh, was in regards to our training program. Yes. And this is from our fam, Cow who asked, hey, I'm three weeks into the Foundation Strength and Mobility programs, which are two separate programs, but I keep hearing you guys talk about standards on the podcast. Oh, yes. Should I switch to standards? I think with anything, it is worthwhile to stick to a program to see its benefits. So the fact that you're doing the program now is awesome. You're already feeling a bit of a benefit is really good, but you're very early in. Like four weeks is like, the bare minimum that you can do anything. We work our programs on six-week cycles, you know, because really if we look at like 12 weeks, three months total is really your minimum amount of time to really see a change and you have to be in the habit of doing that thing. I think standards is great and people have asked us, it's like, oh, I'm doing standards but should I do kettlebells? Actually give yourself an opportunity to fully reap the benefits of the skills you've learned because that's the other thing. We do gradually change the exercises over time. Even though the movement will be similar, whether it's like a hinge or a squat or a press or a pull, whatever it is, we will give you a slightly different stimuli so that you're not getting stagnant, but we are going to be training your skills up in a certain way. I believe the format for standards is different enough that – you will have to learn a little bit going there. What's your take on that? Yeah, my advice is very similar. I said, look, if you're on a good track with what you're doing, don't change now. Mm. I suggested keep doing foundation for two cycles. Yep. So get 12 weeks in the bank. Yep. And then if you want to have a look at standards because you're feeling a bit of FOMO, jump across. Here's the thing I also explained was that 
as time goes on, JT and I are constantly evolving the programming that we put out there. And so this is just a natural evolution of what we put out. And there will always be like a latest and greatest program. Like already with standards we have in the pipeline, some changes, like some updates to come where it's going to split off into a few different programs. All I said was like a couple of years ago, foundation strength was our one. Yep. Now standards is the one. It doesn't mean that foundations is any less effective. No. It just means standards. We're excited about it because it's our newest shit and it's based on our latest kind of thinking. Yep. So I said, yeah, if you got mad FOMO, you could jump across. But I think if you're in a good groove now, see that out for a few months and then you can make a call. Agreed. Awesome. That's us. Guys, if you enjoy the show, please like and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to. Jump over to our YouTube channel. You can catch all of our episodes there. You can see the video apps, but you can also see other videos that we put out on uh, training that we're doing. We put stuff out on strength and mobility. It's all there. And of course, if you want help with your training in the gym or in your home gym, go to bulletproofforbjj.com, start a free trial of the program and use the code BJJ podcast to get 20% off your subscription. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Much love.